Welcome to a brand new edition of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. The Hornets hound Huddersfield. Huddersfield Town nil, Watford 2. Watford with four consecutive clean sheets, unbeaten in four games, and moving on up in the championship. That plus João Pedro, the maestro. How much longer will it be before he leaves Watford? Or will he be staying at Watford for the rest of his footballing career? All of that and more coming up on this brand new edition of Welcome back to Yuorns. I'm Omar Moore. Hornets hound Huddersfield. Huddersfield Town nil, Watford two. Watford now with four consecutive clean sheets. And it is a fantastic feat when you consider that Watford had in the entirety of last season in the Premier League had four clean sheets. Four of them. One at home against Everton. One away at Aston Villa. One away at Manchester United. And one away at Burnley. Those were the four clean sheets that Watford had in the entirety of last season in the Premier League. Now, this season, they've kept clean sheets in the last four games consecutively. And they've had more clean sheets this season so far in just half a season than they had in the entirety of last season in the Premier League. Watford, don't forget, whipped Luton 4-0. They whipped Stoke 4-0. Both of those results coming under Slavin Bilic. And of course, the other four clean sheets that I have been alluding to. One against Reading, one against Bristol City, one against Hull City, and one against Huddersfield Town. All of those coming under Slavin Bilic. Now, there were some clean sheets before Slavin Bilic came. Under the auspices of Rob Edwards, there was a clean sheet against Sheffield United. There was a clean sheet against Burnley. There was a clean sheet. Remember, another clean sheet against Preston. So all told, there have been, if my memory serves me correctly, at least eight clean sheets this season for Watford. Double the amount that they had in the entirety of last season in the Premier League. There is no secret that Watford's defending now under Slavin Bilic has improved. And there is no secret about the fact that Watford have now developed a base for defending. But really from team defence, that's where the defence has improved. The team has defended better, not just the four at the back. I'll get into that a little bit in a few moments, but I do want to start at the beginning with the starting lineup for this game between Huddersfield Town and your Watford FC. Now, this is a game that I was worried about for Watford because Watford have a tendency to play down or up to the level of their competition. They certainly did that against Hull City last week, and it looked as if they might do that again against Huddersfield Town, who are rooted to the bottom of the championship table. And for the first 25 minutes to half an hour, Huddersfield were much the better side, at least much the busier and more industrious side. At the John Smith Stadium, it was confidence in that Huddersfield Town team you wouldn't have known they were bottom. This is the Watford side that had to face them. Backman in goal and Gakia starting for the first time since his injury. Keenan Davis, João Pedro, Ken Semmer, who's played every game this season for Watford, Hassan Kamara, the captain Craig Cathcart, 
Ismail Assar making a welcome return after his World Cup exploits and his absence from the game against Hull last week. Tom Deli Bishiru, TDB, and a debut, a Watford debut for Leandro Bacuna and Christian Cavaselli. That was your lineup to take on Huddersfield on Saturday. And as I said, Huddersfield looked very good, much more busy, but they couldn't really get any purchase on the opportunities that they did have. And they created some, they were busy, but they did not really strike Watford where it really hurt. And after a while, it seemed to me as if Watford were going to just sit back and take the pressure and play Huddersfield in a very typical Watford situation, as has been often in the season. Just letting teams come on to them. But Watford began to shake out of that bad habit. And it looked more like a waiting game for Watford, a patient game for Watford. And I thought that Watford began to turn the screws just after the half-hour mark. In fact, not until around the 38th-minute mark, when João Pedro had a glorious opportunity to put Watford in front. And just after 38 minutes or so, he had an opportunity to put the ball into the back of the net and he corkscrewed his shot literally about a, in, about a yard and a half, two yards from the goal. And he managed to put it past the post, which was quite incomprehensible when you look at it. But the ball was coming in at pace. He just didn't get the proper purchase on the ball. And so he ended up corkscrewing it wide of the goal. And that really was an agonizing thing. Watford looked like they were going to go into half time and be at nil-nil. And he certainly did end up going in nil-nil. And Keenan Davis had a chance right after that, about maybe five minutes or three minutes after. And he had a shot that just curled just past the post as well. So both of those Watford chances were there. And then it was left to Watford really to start to turn up the volume on their assault on that Huddersfield goal, which they did in the second half because at nil-nil at halftime, there was only one team that was going to come out and win this. And the team that came out much the stronger team in the second half was going to be the team that won this game. By the way, it was not warm in Huddersfield. It was not warm there at all. And it was, it was some rain in the forecast. And it actually did rain at some points during the game, as far as I could see when I was watching it. And it was cold. I don't hear anybody making excuses about the cold weather now. Not with this performance from Watford. No Watford fans are getting in touch to tell me that that had an impact on the way the game was played. Because clearly, Watford play in this weather. They train in this weather. And as I said last time, they have plenty of experience playing in England at this time of year. And Huddersfield is not the warmest place to visit in December. In fact, nowhere in England is the warmest place to visit in December. And Watford made the most of their foray in the John Smiths, and they ended up scoring just nine minutes into the second half as João Pedro got his seventh goal of the season to give Watford the all-important 1-0 lead. It was a really well-taken goal, smashed in by João Pedro, bottom left-hand corner of the back of the net, giving Watford the lead, and a really good performance from João Pedro, so he made it 1-0. And then Watford would get their second goal and Jao Pedro would get his second with a header looping in past the goalkeeper into the back of the net to put the seal on the deal for the Hornets as they, in the 86th minute of the game, defeated Huddersfield Town really with the, the goal that really put it beyond reach for them. And then they game managed the final few minutes. In fact, they could have had another goal. But the bottom line is, is that Huddersfield did not come away with anything from this game and that was really about right. If you look at the balance of play, despite the fact that Huddersfield ended up with more possession, they did less with that possession. And Watford, who had 47% of the possession, ended up taking their chances, ended up being aggressive. And I think the key in this game not only was the defending that I alluded to earlier and the fact that the, def the team defended so very well, I thought they covered for each other very well. I thought players were comfortable playing in various positions on the pitch when they had to defend corners and to defend set pieces and had to defend on the counter. Not only was that a factor in this game for Watford, but I thought the most important part beyond the team defending was the clean sheet, obviously, and 
the midfield. But the midfield was very critical to this game. Very rarely in the second half did I see Watford lose the, the ball in midfield to Huddersfield. I didn't see very much of that at all. And that was not the case in the first half. Huddersfield held onto the ball a lot in the first half. But the second half, I thought, was really good. And I thought that the addition of Leandro Bacunia was very important to this team. He slotted into the midfield as if he'd played there forever. Now, it turns out that Leandro Bacunia had been training for several weeks with Watford before he had been officially signed. Bacunia is a 31-year-old veteran footballer. He's from Curaçao. He played in the Premier League and he has played in the Championship. I remember him in the Championship when he played for Cardiff City. And this was his first start, his debut for Watford in any situation. And he took to it very masterfully. And I thought provided a very calming influence in the center of the park alongside TDB, Tom Deddy Bashiru, who again was outstanding for the second consecutive Watford game, both of which were starts for TDB. He continued his fine form, his mastery and his patience and his anticipation of the game. He reads the game so very well, TDB. He knows when to go forward in the midfield. He knows when to hold and then take the pass and then provide the pass. He's very good and efficient at passing the ball, as is Leandro Bacunia. I love the way that both of these young lads, these men, passed the ball about and did it with such confidence. And there was no hesitation in their play. None of the kinds of things that I've seen before from people like Ido Kayembe, who, you know, has that time where he sometimes hesitates when he's passing the ball and he holds onto the ball a little bit too long. I don't think he gets the balance correct in some of these games, Kayembe. But I do think that Leandro Bacunia and TDB get the balance right very well. I love the way that they know how to anticipate the game and know when to pass the ball out of midfield, when to hold on to the ball, when to wait, when to pass, when to move the possession up the pitch. When, the, when they get into those positions on the pitch where they can stroke the ball around and they can start to move their players forward, it's a real joy to see. And it was really good to see that on Saturday at the John Smiths. I really enjoyed watching the performances of both Tom Deli Bashiru and Leandro Bacunia. And I think that both of them uh, have a long, long place in this side as long as they can, of course, until Hamza Chowdhury comes back. Now, Chowdhury will be back from injury in another, what, maybe five or six weeks. I think it was four or five weeks. And the gaffer, Slavin Bilic, had expressed confidence that he'd be back in the next four or five weeks and that he's healing very quickly, So, or that he is a quick healer. Um, that was uh, Slavin Bilic there speaking. Um, I'm kind of paraphrasing him, speaking about Hamza Chowdhury, who got that injury last week against Hull in the fourth minute of the game. So when you have this surplus of mid midfielders that you're going to have when these players all come back, whether it's Tom Cleverley, whether it is Imran Loser, whether it is Hamza Chowdhury, you have a surplus of midfielders and all of these players are going to prove to be important to Watford coming down the stretch. And Leandro Bacunia and TDB and Ismail Kone, who was signed just a few weeks ago from the, uh, well, the Canadian International I think you've got an embarrassment of riches and I think this will be very important for Watford because I actually think beyond the defending and uh, the right back position, I think the midfield position is the most crucial uh, crucial area of the pitch for Watford. And I think they're going to need this now going into this second half of the season to have these midfielders have healthy and to have these players at large healthy. You know, I question the situation with the medical staff and what on earth is going on. There's so many people dropping like flies and I recognize that injuries can happen. Injuries happen at any moment, at any moment, at any moment at all in time. And so Watford's squad, as I keep saying, has been thin all season long. And I do think that it's necessary for Watford to um, augment their squad some more, which I expect them to do, maybe get another one or two players, if that. They've already begun to get players. Obviously, Bakunia is a player that was able to get in right away. They were able to sign that person because of the injury to Chowdhury. And, of course, Kone has come in and Martins has come in as well. Martins is expected to go back out 
on loan or, or or I think and then come back at the end of the season or be out at the end of the season or wherever he is. I'm not sure. But but Martins is going to be a player for you eventually. And of course, they've already signed another Colombian. They signed a Colombian international as well. Um, Jorge, Jorge, and I forget his last name, who is going to be going back out on loan. Um, but he'll be back at Watford as well, I think at the end of the season or beginning of next. But Watford are beginning to build this squad. And what they need to do now is try to get a right back if possible. Although Ngaki, I thought, played pretty darn well, pretty darn well on Saturday. I think the performance overall from the team was good. Uh, it wasn't the great, great Watford performance that we saw against Luton Town. Every game is not going to be like that in the championship, which is a very competitive championship this season. More competitive, perhaps, than any championship um, in many years. Watford can give themselves a pat on the back, though, with this performance. And they were resolute. They were patient. They picked their spots. And they grew with confidence as the game progressed, especially in that second half. And once that goal went in, in the 54th minute, Jao Pedro and company were on their way. And Watford, I think it was a professional performance in the end from them. And they were able to assess the temperature of the Huddersfield side in that first half, wait and see what they were dealing with, and then start to set out their stall, which they did in the second half. Now, I would rather that Watford end up not doing it that way. I'd much rather that they start from the off. Um, but the encouraging thing about this Watford performance was is that they did not sit on a 1-0 lead. What Watford did in this game against Huddersfield was progress from the 1-0 lead and try to build it into 2-0. And we know that it took a while before they got that second goal, but Watford never stopped trying to get that second goal. And once they did, they were able to control the game very easily and see the game out. Here is Leandro Bacuna. This interview was done before the game against Huddersfield. This is a portion of the interview. And you're going to hear from the newest Watford man, Leandro Bacuna, right now. Welcome to Watford. How excited are you to be here? Uh, I think very excited. I think um, not playing football for such a long time. It's just, uh, it's just waiting, waiting at home, being, being ready to get called up. And uh, I've been training here. And uh, the manager seen it and the manager called me back, so I'm, I'm ready to go. What attracted you to this club and, and to this challenge? Um, I think it's a beautiful club. I think um, everything is a family club. Um, being here, training here, the facilities, everything is very good organized. So, yes, yeah, like I said, I'm, uh, I've been waiting for this. You mentioned you've been training here for, for a few weeks. What has that been like and, and how much have you settled in and enjoyed yourself? Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the lads have helped me out very good. They've, they've made me feel welcome. And I think that, that that's a very important part. And um, yeah, for me, making a decision as well. I think uh, being here, like I said, it feels like a family and uh, that's very important. You mentioned that family element. You join quite an illustrious list of midfielders here. You know, how excited are you to, to play alongside them? Yeah, I think uh, looking at the squad, I think they got, they got a very, very good squad and um, they got potential of going up as well. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be a battle. I'm going to try my heart, do my best. And uh, yeah, see what the manager's choice is and uh, see if you can be ready to play. You also you arrive at the club with a, a vast experience, both in the Championship, in the Premier League and abroad. Um, how, how important is that experience when it comes to you know, challenges like, like we currently face at the moment? Um, I think, yeah, experience is a very good thing. You, you're talking about it. Um, me, me, myself, played in the Premier League before. Um, I, can, I can help the guys. I'm 31 years old, got a bit of experience. So, I'm, uh, like, like I said, it's going to be good helping all the players out, make, them, make sure everyone is good in positions and everything. So, uh, it's going to be a good, good role for me, and I hope I can fulfill it. Yeah, what, what role do you see yourself playing both on the pitch and, and off the pitch as well? Um, yeah, on the pitch, I'm a, I'm a midfielder. I'm, I'm a variable midfielder. I can play off several positions, but um, midfielder is probably my, my best position. But yeah, off the pitch, trying to help, trying to just show my experience that I got in the league, uh, trying to help the other, other players. That's it, basically. Of course, you, you join up with Slavin Bilic as well. How excited are you to work under him and, and his coaching staff? I think he's a very good manager. I think uh, he's, he's been in the league, he's been around, he knows what he's doing. 
And uh, yeah, obviously for him for putting his faith in me, not 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 playing many games, but put, still putting his faith in me, I'm very very, very appreciated, and uh, I'm gonna do my best to show why the manager took me here. Of course, we've just come back from a from a World Cup break. There's plenty of games left for the rest of this season. What are your personal goals now for the rest of the campaign? Um, try and do, do the best I can, trying to help the team out and to finish as high as possible. Uh, for, of course, we 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 wanna fight for promotion and. Uh, <laughs> we we, we got to do that and uh, looking at the injuries at the moment, but probably some coming back as well. It's going to be good for us. So that was Leandro Bacunia earlier in the week, this past week, speaking to Watford FC. Thank you very much for that audio, Watford. Really appreciate that. So Watford then with this victory against Huddersfield Town have, as I said before, had four clean sheets. They are currently, and they were actually, in third place and that was before the game between Norwich and Blackburn on Saturday. And then when that game was over with, Blackburn's 2-0 win meant that Watford actually went back down one place to fourth. Now, Watford started the game against Huddersfield in fifth position. A win would take them to third. It was a very important win for Watford, this one. And then with Blackburn beating Norwich by a score of two goals to nil, as I said, Watford went back to went down a place to fourth. Norwich in fifth and then Blackburn, as I said, in third place. And so that's how things look at the moment as far as Watford are concerned in the table. Blackburn have 39 points in third place, Watford on 37 in fourth. And then you've got at the top of the table, Burnley on 47 and Sheffield United on 44. Sheffield United defeated Wigan on Monday night by a score of two goals to one. And that's what Sheffield United did to keep pace with the leaders, Burnley. So that's really what you're looking at now. It looks like there is at least taking some shape um, this table, even though there are some still lots of competitive uh, spots in this table. I'll talk about that in a few moments. But first, here's what Craig Cathcart had to say, the captain on this Watford victory. Craig, that's a, a victory and a fourth clean sheet in a row. Yeah, I didn't know that until you just said, so uh, yeah, it's nice to have that um, solid defence and something to build on, definitely, and you know, more clean sheets have, more chance we're going to win the game, so yeah, more of that, hopefully that can, can uh, continue. Fairly comfortable back there? Yeah, I think early on we struggled with, with their, their sort of patterns and movement, but I think all in all, we sort of defended the box well. Um, and obviously, we hit them in a break a few times. First half could have been up good in a half time, but we knew we had to be patient. And uh, yeah, we, we took our chances the second half when they came. Because at half time, you probably should have been ahead, shouldn't you? Did you Pedro's had that really big chance? Yeah, I think so. We broke away two or three times. I think we had good opportunities. Maybe could have had a penalty, but um, yeah, we knew if we kept on knocking the door, that the chances would come and the lads would put them away. And that's the way it turned out in the end. And when you have someone with João Pedro's ability, I mean, he, he can just turn a game, can't he? Yeah, he's brilliant. You know, he's like he's a he's a dynamite. And I've said them after the game, I was more impressed with his header than his, his other goal because it was unbelievable, top corner, uh, unstoppable. He's done that a few times now, hasn't he? Yeah, he's quite aggressive. To be fair, he's uh, he doesn't mind putting his head in where it hurts. Um, we get that before you get that a lot with the Brazilian lads. I remember, Charleston's very similar. He puts his head in, and yeah, it's definitely a trait that he's got. You, I suppose you've got to just make sure you stay in touch with those top two because they keep winning, so you just need to make sure you kind of stay real close to them. Yeah, I think it's key. You know, we need to look after ourselves, not really focus too much on other teams and um, try to get try to do our job and, and get the job done. So uh, that was a difficult game coming here. We've, we've struggled here over the over the years. We've come away and played here. So to get the 2-0 win and move on and uh, try to build up momentum. Considering you're missing five central midfielders, I mean, that, that, was, that, that was some effort. Yeah, the lads done great in there, to be fair today. They uh, put a big shift in. Um, Leandro's come in, just, he's, got, he's got Chuck straight in and he's done brilliant. Obviously, he had to come off at the end and we sort of worked, we worked around it. But uh, yeah, I think uh, it just shows the depth of the squad we had that we've, we've come away here with, like you said, those players missing and uh, managed to get the result. That break has probably helped you as well. You probably needed just a little bit of a rest just to sort yourself out as far as injuries were concerned. Yeah, it came at a good time for me, to be fair. Um, managed to get arrested and he's like you said and then obviously I didn't train too much as well before the before the break so I managed to get two three weeks good training then as well so yeah feeling good and hopefully stay injury free for the rest of the season we mentioned the midfield it was the defenders before where there was, there was some struggles with injuries but that now defensively there are plenty of options yeah like you said we got the options all over the pitch and um, 
yeah, the squad's the squad's obviously really good. We we know that the we need to be on top of our game to stay in the team, and whoever's on the bench is ready to come in and uh, do the job for the team as well. And now you're going back to Vicarage Road. Be nice to get in a good performance for the home supporters, won't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, like I said, we want to build on today, get the momentum going, and yeah, we want to obviously put on a good performance on Boxing Day and, and try to get three points again. I suppose because of the way Christmas works this year, you, you're now not playing for quite a while. Yeah, it's a strange one. It's obviously something we're not really used to, but I'm sure they make up for that on down the line a little bit. Uh, I think we're quite busy in January, so yeah, plenty of games to come. Nice one. Thanks, Chris. And that was the skipper Craig Cathcart speaking to Jeff Doyle there on that audio. And thanks again to Watford FC for providing it. As Watford win by a score of two goals to nil at the John Smith Stadium up in Humberside in Yorkshire there against Huddersfield Town, who are bottom of the championship table. They finished, if I am not mistaken, bottom of the Premier League table at the end of the 2018-19 season. And Watford defeated Huddersfield Town at the John Smiths then back in 2019. Gerard De La Feo scored two goals in that game, if memory serves me correctly. Watford were wearing their green kits that day in the summer sun, or in the sun, the spring sun, of uh, Huddersfield that day but this was anything but that kind of game it was cold it was damp and Watford won which proves again that listen the cold weather has nothing to do with how these games get played because again it's about your effort and what you do on the pitch and as we now know Watford moved to fourth place in the championship table now one other thing that needs to be said here is a correction. Watford actually have 10 clean sheets this season. Not one, not two, but 10. I said it was eight, at least eight. Well, it's exactly 10. I was forgetting the Wigan game where Watford beat Wigan 1-0. I forgot that game. It was one of the ones I forgot anyway. So there have been 10 clean sheets this season. Seven of them have come under Slavin Bilic. And Watford now, with four consecutive clean sheets, they have built this defensive template, and it's a team defensive template. And that defensive template is serving Watford well. So Watford now have an opportunity to move to higher heights coming into their next game. But they've got a week off now. In fact, since the game on Saturday that was played... They have really something like 10 days off before their next game. Unusual scheduling. But the next game Watford play will be on Boxing Day at home against Millwall, who they have to pay back for what was an atrocious performance back in October when Watford lost 3-0 at the Den on Wednesday, a midweek game. And they not only lost the game, they lost a whole lot more than that in the, the, the losing of loser, Imran loser losing out very badly and a horrible injury, um, very bad injury that saw his knee. Um, well, it was just a horrible injury. I think his knee or his calf or whatever it was. But he had to be stretched off. And it was a horrible injury. And apparently it was an injury done, you know, in isolation from anyone else. So, you know, it was bad. And now Imran Loser has been out since that time in October He's expected back sometime in February, perhaps toward the end of the month of February. So he's still out for a couple of months, if you know, at least. So we'll see how he's progressing. Apparently, he is healing pretty well. Um, he was uh, certainly uh, um, in good spirits during this World Cup that just ended, of course, with Morocco getting to the semifinals, finishing fourth in the third place game. But they acquitted themselves very well, and I'm sure Imran Loser was very pleased about that. But Watford need to pay back Millwall. And that's the next game Watford have to be focused on because that's the game that's coming up on the 26th. That will be Boxing Day next Monday night, or next Monday afternoon, I believe it is, at the Vic. So Watford need to pay back Millwall after what was, again, a really poor performance. That was the low point of Watford's season at that point. When the whole team didn't play well. I mean, they were, I mean, that's happened several times this season. But this particular performance was absolutely abominable. 
and they did not put up a fight against Millwall. Millwall um, just easily cruised past Watford in this game. I think I think all three of the goals, if I remember correctly, were scored in the first half. And um, Watford just did not turn up in that game at all and didn't seem to care. The body language was not very good. And then when Loser went down to injury, it was a whole lot worse. And even though the scoreline didn't, Watford's play did. And they were just fortunate not to give up any more than three. That was the worst defeat of their season, uh, that game at Millwall. And so Watford will want to uh, take the sting out of that uh, experience and pay back Millwall uh, in this game coming up on Boxing Day. Watford is again on 37 points. They're in fourth place. They're seven points off of the automatic promotion places and 10 points behind the leaders, Burnley, who show no sign in slowing down. No sign of slowing down at all for Burnley, who were trailing in their match over the weekend at home to Middlesbrough, but then turned it around completely, ended up running out 3-1 winners. So Watford have lots to do yet. They have gone through exactly half the season, 23 games. They've, in 23 games, got the following record, 10 wins, seven draws, and six defeats. They have gone their fourth consecutive game without defeat and their fourth consecutive game with a clean sheet. Watford will be looking to consolidate and go beyond that as well. Watford are in a good position, and I think now they have players who have really begun begun to get used to Slavin Bilic. The defensive structure looks good team-wise. I think that that has come along very well, as I mentioned. Julian Dix has become one of the defensive head coaches, assistant head coaches to Slavin Bilic. He's worked with Bilic before, and Julian Dix will help out with defending and, and will further fortify this team as they try to push for promotion. I think Watford are going to get this automatic spot. They are, again, as I say, uh, at the moment, seven points off that. And by the way, Sheffield United have a hefty goal difference advantage. But the thing is, Watford have defeated Sheffield United already this season. In fact, both of these teams in the top two, Burnley and Sheffield United, are games that Watford have won already this season against those two teams. Both of them, albeit coming at Vicarage Road. But Watford now are looking to get ever closer to Sheffield United. And that's really who they have to look at now. Stay in touch with Burnley, but you really have to try to pull Sheffield United back in. They are in a rich vein of form at the moment. And so Watford will have to keep uh, focusing on, obviously, their game and then trying to put pressure on the remainers, uh, the, all, the, uh, the remaining teams ahead of them. Um, Blackburn Rovers, I'm not so sure that they're going to stick around there, but I do think, because I just think they're too erratic, Blackburn. But I do think that Burnley will, and I don't think that Sheffield United will, though. So I think that Sheffield United and Blackburn Rovers are going to start to fall away from from these dizzy, dizzying heights. And I do think that Norwich City and perhaps one other team may start to climb back into the ring. Although Norwich were very poor against Blackburn the other day. But I'm not convinced that Norwich are entirely out of this yet. Uh, and I'm certainly not convinced, though, about Sheffield United, even though they are just three points behind Burnley, being in the mix at all. And Blackburn, as I say, too erratic for me to think that they can stick around there. They've won 13 and lost 10. So that's my assessment of things with the championship table at the top end of it. And as far as Watford are concerned, it certainly was a good day at Huddersfield to uh, get those three points. And they did a game that they had to win. Really, you couldn't afford to drop points against this team. You already dropped points previously against another team with the uh, beginning with the letter H that was Hull City. And they dropped those points there last week against uh, against uh, against that whole team at Vicarage Road. But Watford now make things stand up against Huddersfield Town. When I come back, the Watford women prevail in the FA Women's National League Cup. Welcome back to Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. Hornets hound Huddersfield at the John Smiths. Huddersfield Town nil, Watford 2. And I should add, by the way, 
that Watford have conceded just 22 goals this season through 23 games. That's just about a goal per game on average. The last time Watford were in the championship in 2021, they had conceded to the best of my memory just about 30 goals for the entire season, something about around 28 or 30 goals for the entire season. They've conceded 22 through the first 23 games. Now, will Watford go the remaining 23 games and concede only eight goals? If they did, that means they would surely be Premier League bound. That's the joint second best defensive record in the division in the championship. Two other teams have conceded just 22 goals. Preston North End, who have been very good with that. Remember, they went the first five or six or seven games without conceding a single goal. And Birmingham City, don't look now, but Birmingham City, Troy Deeney, and our good friend Troy Deeney, they too have conceded just 22 goals. The best defensive record belongs to Sheffield United, who have conceded just 20 goals this season through 23 games. So that's a really stubborn defensive uh, team there in Sheffield United. But I want to talk now about the Watford women and the FAWNL Cup. And Watford have advanced to the quarterfinals of that cup thanks to a thrilling 5-3 extra-time win against Hashtag United this past Saturday. Watford took on Hashtag United at London Colney because there were issues with the other ground that Watford was supposed to play on in terms of the pitch, and so the game got shifted to Watford's London Colney ground. It was a game that was quite thrilling to watch, and certainly by the accounts that I read, lived up to that as Watford got out of the traps but ended up after just 25 minutes being down by a score of one goal to nil. And then in the next minute and a half, they scored two consecutive goals as Watford would then take a 2-1 lead against Hashtag United. The goals coming from Head and Georgiou to give Watford the lead that they would never trail again in. And Watford made their advantage count in a very competitive game. Watford had to go to extra time because the game finished 3-3 at the end of full time. And then Watford scored twice in extra time to put this tie beyond reach. Head Georgiou Fran Lee in her return to Watford after a fairly long injury layoff scored as well. And then Garrard and Poppy Wilson added the two goals that would push Watford into the next round. Those two goals scored in extra time to give Watford the 5-3 victory over Hashtag United. Here now is Fran Lee on her return to the Watford side after injury and celebrating that return with a goal against Hashtag United. Fran, congratulations on the win and the goal. How did you find it out there? Yeah, it was good to be back, to be honest. Obviously, um, I've been away for, for a bit for injury, but it's great to be back out there with the girls. Um, it was a tough game, but, you know, obviously we got over the line in the end. So, yeah, very happy. You mentioned the sort of spell out with injury. How did it feel to get back on the pitch and help the team? Oh, amazing. Honestly, it just feels like it's been a, a really long um, and tough a few months so to get back out there was amazing and honestly I can't think of a better group of people to be out there playing with. And how was the game because it was clearly a very competitive one obviously went into extra time um, what did you make of the sort of competitive battle? Yeah like to be honest obviously um, regardless obviously they're in the league below but obviously they've got um, they're doing really really well um, in the league and um, so we we knew what we was up against we knew it was going to be a tough battle but yeah, I think we probably made hard work of it in, in certain areas of the game, but the um, main thing is uh, we, got, we got the win and we grinded out the result and, yeah, we can go into the new year happy. Your second goal of the season, you obviously fought very hard to get it. It was a very difficult goal to sort of squeeze in. How did it feel to get the goal? Yeah, really, really good, to be honest. Um, I thought that was it with my first, my first attempt, but, yeah, it was nice to, to get that little tap in the end uh, to, to secure my second goal of the season. Hopefully, more to come. And what did you make of the extra time performance as well? Because the team really dug deep to, to see out the game. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, I think that was probably, out of the whole game, I think that was probably our, our best um, part of the game. 
um, which is weird because you would think that you know fatigue would, would kick in. But now the girls done done great in the last half an hour. Um, credit to them. But we need to make sure that we, we start like that every game. And as you've said, going into the new year, happy. How do you sort of assess this season so far? Yeah, obviously, listen, we, we knew it was going to be a challenge, but um, Damo and Bevs and, and Laura have recruited really, really well, brought in some really good individual players and, um, you know, with, with the players that we managed to keep from last season. Um, it's going really, really well. We've got a really, really good team rapport at the moment. So, um, yeah, long may that continue. Thanks, Fran. Well played. Thank you very much. Cheers. And indeed, long may it continue for Watford. And they have been phenomenal. I think that the Watford women have absolutely stormed the league and have stormed the competitions as well. They have played very well this season. This season, If you look at their position in the uh, Women's National League, uh, Southern Premier Division table, they are second. They've been a solid first or second all season long. They've dropped just two games in uh, this competition thus far. In the you know in the uh, games they've played, the nine games they've played, they've won six, drawn one, and lost two, and have scored more goals than anyone else in the Southern Premier Division. This is a team that is hell bent on getting back to the championship that they were in, and I I have no doubt that they're going to get there. And the way that they are playing in this particular, I mean, they are just absolutely brilliant. They have been playing superb football, superb football. And they are playing football. They'll get back to the, the, the echelon above. I forget which echelon they were in last season. Um, but, but um, you know, whether it's the championship or whichever. Um, Watford, the Watford women have done everyone proud. And these players are putting their heart and soul on the line every game. And their effort, their desire, their passion, their commitment, their skill, their conditioning. They have absolutely served notice to the rest of this league. That they are here for keeps and they are looking to get out of the league and get back up to where they belong. Watford women, astounding performances every week now. And even when they've not played their best, they've managed to grind out games. 19 points at present in the uh, Southern Premier Division. And they are five points behind the leaders, Oxford United, who still haven't lost. My goodness me, after 10 games, they're still without a defeat. Watford women, though, just two defeats on the season in the league. But in the Cups, they continue on as well. The Cup, the FAWNL Cup. Watford now reached the quarterfinal of that Cup with their 5-3 to three win. Watford scored lots of goals, as you could guess, because I mentioned they are the um, highest goal scorers in the Southern Premier Division. And they put five past hashtag United. They're a plucky team, I must say. A team that's got a lot of fight and spirit in it. So congratulations to the Watford women on their 5-3 to three victory over hashtag United just this past weekend in the FAWNL Cup. And they will be going into the quarterfinals. And best of luck to the Watford women. And of course, the league games will be back after the Christmas break, of course. And a merry and happy Christmas to the Watford women and everybody involved with them behind the scenes as well. The head coach has done a good job, to say the least. And the players, most importantly, have done an excellent job of really putting themselves about and giving themselves, so far, an excellent first portion of this season. And so long may it continue. And Fran Ali, congratulations to you uh, for returning from injury and celebrating that with a, with a score of your own, with a goal of your own. Uh, I think that's terrific and, and good for you and yours and be well. And to all the Watford women this season uh, at Christmas, happy Christmas to each and every one of you and your families. Um, best of health to you and yours. And looking forward to seeing you back after the Christmas holiday and into the new year and happy new year as well. So just wanted to say that on this edition of Yawns. When I return on Yawns, João Pedro's future. The man of the match was João Pedro, of course, and I think that's very clear for those of you who watched the game between Huddersfield Town and Watford. Welcome back to this brand new edition of You Ones. It's great to have you aboard. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow the You Ones WFC 
activity on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram at WFC. And if I remind you, I should do that right now. I will remind you that the Yawns YouTube channel is available for you to subscribe to right here and right now at youtube.com forward slash at sign Y-O-U-O-R-N-S-W-F-C. Yawns. That is where you need to be on the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash at sign Yawns WFC. Subscribe to that YouTube channel, won't you please? And of course, there is this podcast, as I said, available on Apple and numerous other podcasting platforms as well. Spread the word, won't you please, to fellow Watford supporters everywhere. And of course, as far as Mastodon is concerned, you can catch Yuorns WFC there as well on the following address at Yuorns WFC at MSTDN dot social. And on Fanbase. It's Yawns. That's on Fanbase. Download the Fanbase app right now and follow Yawns. Y-O-U-O-R-N-S. João Pedro, as I say, the man of the match against Huddersfield, no doubt about it. His two goals, his brace, gave Watford the all-important 2-0 win and three important points on the ascendancy of Watford, moving from fifth to third and then down to fourth after the Sheffield, after the uh, Blackburn win. But Watford move up place anyway. That's all that counts. And they get closer to the two teams who are challenging for the top spot. Watford still, though, about seven points adrift. But João Pedro has been worth his weight in gold and then some. Ever since he signed back in September, I believe it was, the six-year contract, the extended contract, after his other contract had been ripped up, João Pedro has grown in confidence and has been even more of a leader than he had been previously. Now, he has been the star player this season. I think it's very fair to say, more than very fair to say, that João Pedro by far has been at this point the most outstanding player this season, the man of the match this season, the player of the season thus far, after half a season gone, has to be João Pedro. He has scored eight goals this season. He leads all Watford scorers. And he's supplied some assists and he has supplied leadership. And that's really what I notice mostly about Ja Pedro. The leadership, obviously the goals, but the leadership. He has taken this team on his back. In fact, last season, the champ in the Premier League, rather, he took some significant steps toward leadership, having a go at his teammates, including at Josh King, who's no longer at the club, as he tried to cement his credentials as someone as a leader on the pitch. Now, just because you're not captain, that does not mean that you are not a leader or cannot be a leader on the pitch. Every single Watford player has to be a leader. And every single player leads by communicating with his teammates, communicating with the players around him, doing the dirty work, leading by example. And João Pedro did that on Saturday against Huddersfield Town. He's done it Numerous times this season, tracking back, running a good 50 to 60 yards back to try to in- intervene and stop a opposing player from going forward. Even if he's lost the ball, Jean Pedro will run and run and run until he tries to get the ball, until he gets the ball back. It's that kind of persistence, that kind of giving your all, your 120% all in chasing down the game, chasing down an opponent and making things happen. And I think João Pedro has inspired the rest of the team by his example. Last August, just a few weeks, months ago, when the rumors were hot and heavy about João Pedro leaving, João Pedro went about his business. He had got injured, he had come back, and he played injured in one of those games, I think it was against Birmingham, before he had to depart for... Uh, I think an injury where he missed a one or two games. But João Pedro, when he was back again in the lineup, stuck to his business, stuck to his task, all the rumors and the noise swirling around, he put it aside and focused on the match ahead of him. And he has been exemplary. I've talked about this already this season. He and Saw generally have behaved pretty darn well 
dealing with all of this. Now, Saar, of course, um, I wasn't happy about the fact that he missed the game last week. And his presence was definitely felt when he went into this game against Huddersfield Town. He had a good first half, disappeared from the game in the second half, as he sometimes does. But João Pedro has established himself as a leader on that team now. And with his skills and his continuing success at goal and in goal when he scores goals, I should say, the question becomes, how long will João Pedro stick around at Watford for? Will he be gone in January, just next month, just a few weeks from now? Will we be talking about an exit from Vicarage Road for João Pedro? Now, João Pedro, back in September, pledged his season, the rest of it, at Watford and beyond. Now, it's one thing to say that in an Instagram post. It is quite another to say that when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of business. And if it so were that a Newcastle or a Manchester City or a Liverpool or an Arsenal, for example, came calling and knocking on Watford's door sometime in January, how much confidence do you have that Gino Pozzo and the front office would slam the door in these football clubs' faces? I actually think the confidence level for me would be pretty high on that because I think that the brass are going to hold on to João Pedro for the balance of this season, certainly for this run at the Premier League. I don't have any real worry about January. Now, lots of Watford fans have on social media expressed concern about whether or not João Pedro would be available at Watford in January and whether he would actually leave the club pursuant to some interest coming in from another club for him. I'm not concerned about that. I think that Gino Pozzo and Watford will hold on to João Pedro for the remainder of this season. What I am concerned about is the summer transfer window. Because once Watford end their season in the championship, whether it is ending their season with promotion achieved, whether it is ending the season and going into the playoffs, or whether it is ending the season as a team that stays in the championship, no matter what scenario occurs from the quote-unquote end of the season, wherever that leaves Watford, I think João Pedro will be gone come the summer transfer window. I think he'll be gone during that period of time. And I think that even if Watford get promoted, and I think they will this season, it would be even easier for João Pedro to be lured away by a Liverpool, by an Arsenal, by a City, by a Newcastle. Simply because now that you're in the echelon league, the top league, the creme de la creme, you might want to play for a bigger club. Why? Because the bigger club gives you an opportunity, especially in the case of Liverpool and Manchester City, to win trophies, to be in the Champions League. João Pedro, I am sure, would love to be in the Champions League. I'm sure he'd love to play Champions League football. And we can be easily honest about this. Championship, Champions League football, I should say, is not coming to Watford anytime soon. So when he is faced with the opportunity to stay with his Watford team, if they do get promoted at the end of this season, and I think they will, to the Premier League, versus having an opportunity at playing at two of the top teams in England, whether it be Liverpool, whether it be Manchester City, or whether it be the newly re nouveau riche Newcastle United. With an opportunity to play Champions League football, you don't think João Pedro would be jumping at that in a heartbeat? And if a suitor, let's say one of those three teams, puts in a bid of £75 million for him, and they would totally pay that for him. All three of those, well, maybe not Liverpool, but certainly Manchester City would, and certainly Newcastle would. They would totally front up that kind of money for him, even though, of course, in the negotiations in the last few months, Newcastle didn't front that kind of money to him. They were asking for $25 million, which is just a joke. There was no way Watford were going to do that. But if Newcastle came in the off-season and fronted up £75 million as an offer, I think Watford would take it and I think Watford should take it. Football is a business first and foremost. 
And the reality is, for me at least, and I hope I'm wrong about this, is that João Pedro is going to be out the door at the Vic this summer. My question is right now, what are the Watford brass and the Watford owner doing to remedy and cover that situation? Where are the stop gaps in place? Is it Mertens? Is he the man that is the heir apparent to João Pedro if João Pedro leaves? I really would like to know what the front office is doing about this. What are they going to do in the event if, and that is a big if still, if it happens that João Pedro is leaving Watford in the summer, what are the Watford hierarchy doing right now to prepare for that, to deal with that, to cover that particular situation? That is the question that needs to be answered. João Pedro is a diamond and he still is developing and improving and growing and getting more familiar with the English game. He has still got tremendous upside and that's why I would put him at at least a £75 million valuation. You're not valuing him based on necessarily everything that he's doing now, although he is still excellent now. You're evaluating him on the potential ceiling that can keep getting higher for him as he continues through his footballing career in England. And it's going to be harder and harder and harder as these months progress and as João Pedro scores more and more goals for Watford FC to keep a hold of this young man. Don't forget, he's only 20 or 21 years old. He has got tremendous potential. And as a Watford fan recently put it to me, in the Yuan's Twitter spaces, he's got much more potential and upside than Richarlison ever did. And I agree with that. Both players are Brazilians and both of them had upside potential, but not as much as João Pedro does. He has much more upside potential than Richarlison. Now, Richarlison definitely made a name for himself at the World Cup the last couple of weeks. And certainly, he's done well at Tottenham Hotspur. So his career is moving forward. That's the kind of trajectory I see someone like a João Pedro getting into, which is why it's going to be very difficult for Watford to keep him beyond the summer. I think that he's going to be a goner. And look, it's a business, first and foremost, more than anything else. And I am really wondering what this front office is going to do when the inevitable comes for João Pedro and when he ends up leaving. And again, I hope he doesn't leave. I would love for him to stay another two or three years. I would love for him not to walk out the doors of the Vic for the last time. But the reality is, football is a business and people change teams all the time. And so that is what we're dealing with here. And I think potentially, when you look at the continued very good performances, you look at the goals court scoring, it's going to be very, very hard again, as I say, for Watford to keep a hold of this young man. So we have to, right now, Watford supporters, appreciate this man while you have him. Because when he's gone, you will really know what it was to have João Pedro. Thank you very much indeed for listening to this brand new edition of Yuans. Again, as a reminder... Subscribe to the Yuan's WFC YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at sign Yuan's WFC. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Yuan's WFC. Follow on Fanbase at Yuan's. And follow on Mastodon at Yuan's WFC at MS. T-D-N dot social. Follow this podcast and spread the word about the Yuan's Watford FC podcast to your friends and fellow Watford supporters. It's available on Apple, Spotify, and numerous other podcasting platforms wherever you get your podcasts. Watford don't play again until Boxing Day against Millwall. That will be Monday, December the 26th, 2022. 
Until that game, I'm Omar Moore wishing you and yours a happy Christmas. Be safe, stay warm, and keep on keeping on the Watford way, the winning way. Take care of yourselves and be well. Until next time, you.